podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hey Cobbers, from the land down under. This is the Cricket Badger Big Bash Daily Podcast. Whether you're with the Strikers, the Stars or the Sixers, you might be a renegade, enjoy the heat, love the thunder, like a scorcher or prefer hurricanes. Brought to you in association with bluecrocodile.co.uk. Tie your kangaroo down, put another shrimp on the barbie and enjoy the fun. It's gonna be a ripper. Big Bash 10. Hello everybody, welcome along. It's another edition of the Big Bash Daily. I'm James the Cricket Badger. Thanks to bluecrocodile.co.uk for their continued support of these BBL10 daily podcasts. Snapping up the right mortgages for you at Blue Croc Money on Twitter. Three games today in the Big Bash, the last of the group stages. It's been nip and tuck throughout to see who's going to be in the top five. And we finally know the five teams that go into the BBL10 playoffs. Joining me to talk about everything that's happened today and maybe to have a look ahead to those playoffs. It's Michael Baldwin of the Top Order Podcast and Ollie Prendergast. And we'll start with that first game. And it was uh, a big, big game for Michael's team. He's our Brisbane Heat fan rep and the Brisbane Heat taking on my team, the Perth Scorchers, already qualified the Perth Scorchers. They're going to be in the top two regardless of the result today. But the Heat won by six runs. They amassed 181 for seven. The Scorchers fell short. And Michael, Brisbane Heat were the team that a lot of us thought were going to be in the bottom three failing to make the playoffs we'd written them off towards the start of this tournament but they gradually got better and finally found themselves into the top five absolutely what a difference that homestand makes over that new year period where Brisbane got to play at home and got their season back on track and probably the biggest overachieving side you would have to say over the course of this tournament the Brisbane Heat to finish at seven and seven with some all important bash boost points to get them to 29 and into the first of the many tiered layered finals series coming up next week. Uh, and Ollie, we talked about the Brisbane Heat, as I said, at the start of this tournament. I mean, they've obviously been buoyed by the fact that Marnus Labashain come in. As Michael said, a run of home games as well did boost them. But they had to take advantage of that and they've come from nowhere really, haven't they? Yeah, it's been one of those pleasant surprises for the tournament really because they seem to really struggle at the start then they seem to get some overseas come in to give them a bit of energy then have those players come back from international duty just at the right time to give that extra impetus. I think it's really good and it shows how open the tournament be that a team that really struggled last year and, and haven't been for playoffs for a while can come good even after a bad start. So, and they have really maximised that home advantage, like Michael said earlier, just in the latter stages. And Michael, because of the nature of the tournament, they've been playing effectively knockout cricket, haven't they? Certainly today, when the pressure's down, you want your team to stand up and, and win games. And they've done that today. So they'll take a major confidence boost like, when they're going into that playoff game. Yeah, absolutely. And the big names for Brisbane doing the business, Chris Lynn and Manus in the last couple of matches, making contributions that won them cricket games. And you're right, it's going to be tough for them to win three on the bounce to win the tournament, which is what they've got to do from here. But they've been playing must-win cricket for a while now, and they'll be certainly used to that. And they've got three games to go to win the tournament and be massive overachievers. I've not done my research on this, Michael, so forgive me, but Chris Lynn was uh, missed a few games, didn't he? Early stages of this tournament. It appeared that when he came back, Brisbane he suddenly started to believe again. He's obviously a massive cog in their wheel, not just their captain, but obviously their, their star batsman, really. He, he makes a big 
difference, doesn't he, to that side? Oh, huge. Massive difference. He's the talisman for that Brisbane Heat innings because he could score so quickly. Today's game, 51 off just 25 balls at the top of the order. Four fours, four sixes, gets them off to a flyer. And then you've got Labashane, Joe Burns, Lewis Gregory, all those kind of guys to bat around him. Max Bryant as well. You know, he just complements that that team so well. But if he goes early or if he misses games, then it's a very, very different complexion to that batting lineup. Well, that result took Brisbane Heat up into fourth place in the table, Michael. That'll see them being in the in the first of the playoff games where it is do or die now for the rest of their competition a defeat in any of the games that remain for them will see them going home momentum's a huge thing we talk about that word in inverted commas in this case it's true isn't it they come into that uh, into the playoffs with a, a, a boost in confidence after winning some games that could potentially be one of the dangerous teams in this uh, playoff scenario yeah they're not the most fancied side on paper Brisbane compared to some of the other sides in the playoffs but they've got a really good bowling lineup so they've got Wildermuth who's had a good season. Steckity uh, is a leading wicket-taker on the cusp of Australian selection, you'd think. Mitchell Swepson's been with the test side and Ben Lachlan, one of only two players to have 100 T20 wickets in the Australian competition. So they've got the bowling attack to really be able to restrict teams, but a lot of it's going to rest on the shoulders of Manus and Chris Lynn to put up big scores in those three finals games if they're going to be a chance. In changing times like these, make a change yourself. Buy your own home. Still living with parents or renting? Why not buy your first property? Mortgage rates are lower than ever. Speak to Blue Crocodile. Blue Crocodile? Yeah, Blue Crocodile. They'll get you the right first time buy a deal by searching the market for the most competitive option for you. They don't bite. They're just straight-talking people like me. Give them a bell or go online. Blue Crocodile. Coming into today's three games, the Brisbane Heat needed to win. They did their job. They got themselves into the top five. It left the Adelaide Strikers there in fifth place and rather vulnerable, really, too, with the Hobart Hurricanes and the Melbourne Stars, who played later in the day. So the Adelaide Strikers have been sitting around all day in Australia, just kind of looking at the TV screens, thinking, are we still there? Are we still there? Well, the next chance they had of being eliminated from the tournament was uh, the Hobart Hurricanes taking on the Melbourne Renegades. And I know talking about this fixture a couple of times on this podcast... uh, a few people said, well, Hobart Hurricanes is just going to rock up and beat the Renegades. The Renegades have had a really poor campaign. And I did say that the Renegades kind of eliminated from the tournament, rock bottom, wooden spoonists, could still have a major part to play in how the final stages actually shaped up and who made the final five. And as it proved, because the Renegades actually beat the Hobart Hurricanes. They won by 11 runs. Renegades posting a fairly modest, really, 150 for five. And the Hobart Hurricanes, Ollie, will be really kicking themselves this evening weren't they 139 for nine they made in their 20 overs fell short in that chase and the Hobart Hurricanes have basically missed a golden opportunity they have only got themselves to blame they needed 80 off the last 10 overs with eight wickets left and looked quite comfortable about it and it's summed up with the uh, Peter Hanscom run out that how they just fell apart and, and they didn't give themselves a chance towards the end of getting even closer they fell behind the run rate and it just looked like they looked nervous and not comfortable of making sure that they were going to get over the line when really they should have done because they bowled themselves into position when they, they they should have been winning that game quite comfortably and it was actually only some la- late hitting from the Renegades had gotten to, to 150 which you still expect them to chase down at the MCG with the average score being about 170 so yeah 
it'll be hard for them to go through it over the next few weeks and see where it went wrong for them in that game. Yeah, Mackenzie Harvey with 40 and uh, Bo Webster with 54 from 35 balls. Saw the Renegades up to that total. A late order assault for the, the Renegades and then a bit of a spontaneity combusting there. David Milan top scored. But when David Milan... Ollie and Will Jacks, who's had a pretty mediocre big bash, hasn't he? Um, but when they were at the crease together, I was thinking, well, the two Englishmen could actually steer the Hobart Hurricanes home here, but they just lost wickets regularly throughout. And uh, five for 33 from Zach Evans was the uh, kind of, he landed the killer punches, really, and it's not the Hobart Hurricanes out. They're going to be licking their wounds tonight, aren't they? they? They're going to finish in sixth place in the big bash table, level on points with the Adelaide Strikers, but out on net run rate, that, that horrible net run rate that we talk about so often has actually reared its ugly head towards the end of it and Hurricanes have been the, the victim of it but like you say Ollie, only got themselves to blame haven't they they've had their chances yes and, and actually when you look at that score there's a few players got into double figures but they never got going the strike rate they were scoring at was always about a runner ball at best and this is quite often said about David Milan if he doesn't get the chance to kick on and he gets out for 25 or around that or less it's only at best can we run a ball. And there didn't seem to be much impetus around him to support him. Even though the wicket was a bit sluggish and a bit, and a bit slow and, and both sides struggled to really get in on it, it just seemed that um, they didn't have the impetus or the, or the trust to actually go after after the game and, and take it by the scruff of the neck. The only person who looked like it was, was Wade early on, but he gave that wicket away and it, he'll be disappointed. But they still should have had enough to, to chase that down against a, a weakened renegade side who have had injuries throughout the whole tournament. Yeah, it was certainly there for them and they, they didn't step up today and... Hobart Hurricanes have been eliminated and Michael it's a, it's a strange one the Hobart Hurricanes because towards the, the, when we started these podcasts towards the first few games Hobart Hurricanes were looking really good we were talking about them as being potential you know, winners of the league and they could go all the way this time around they did have that run of home games at the start which they took advantage of but as soon as they started having to go into hubs elsewhere that's when it sort of the wheels started to come off a little bit yeah, it's an interesting one, that Hobart side. Very, very good on paper. You have a look at them against the teams that are just above them on the table, Adelaide and Brisbane. They've got a much, much better side on paper. They've got the world's best T20 batsman in terms of Dawood Milan. They've got Matthew Wade and Darcy Short, one of the best opening combinations we've ever seen in the Big Bash. Ben McDermott is on the cusp of being selected from Australia. You know, they've got all of the they've got all the tools there to put up massive scores. When it comes to the crunch, when they really needed to put up a big score to put themselves in to the final they just couldn't do it and I was really surprised and I think that the Hobart Hurricanes will reflect on their season and think 7-7 seven and seven is an underachievement for a side that's that good on paper and there's going to be three teams that actually finish 7-7 seven seven. Hobart Hurricanes is going to be the one Michael to miss out and it is on that run rate and that kind of underlines um, their kind of inconsistency I guess really because the other teams to have the, the more positive net run rates have been that little bit more level playing th- field throughout and that top order for the Hurricanes is the reason they've been inconsistent because when they fired they've been fantastic when they haven't fired they've been well short yeah you're right and the inconsistency at the top of the order is one of the reasons why they haven't picked up enough bash boost points over the course of the tournament their net run rate's better than Brisbane's but Brisbane have one extra bash boost point because they've got guys at the top of the order yeah. like Chris Lynn like Bryant that go really really hard at those first five or six overs and they've come off just often enough to get Brisbane enough bonus points to get them into the finals Thank you to bluecrocodile.co.uk for their support of these Big Bash dailies. Remember, the housing market is still open, so if you're looking to take advantage of the stamp duty holiday, you're going to need a snappy solution. If your question is, what's the right mortgage for me? The answer is bluecrocodile.co.uk.
So Hobart Hurricanes then, they missed their opportunity today. Adelaide Strikers wiped the sweat off their brow and they sat themselves down to watch the final game of the, of the day, which uh, at the moment is still ongoing with the uh, Sydney Sixers taking on the Melbourne Stars. Ollie's our Melbourne Stars fan badger. And Ollie, I know your glass is always half empty. You always look for doom and gloom. But this was, a, again, another opportunity for the Melbourne Stars at the start of this game, wasn't it, to take their chance? Everything else had gone right for them in the earlier games of the day. And they knew coming into this one that they needed to pick up all four points. They needed the boost point and the three points for winning this game to beat the Sixers and uh, get themselves into that top five. It's been a strange game from the Stars, I felt. Obviously, batting first, they knew exactly what they had to do, as I say. They needed to post a good score after 10 and then obviously a competitive score after 20. And they just seemed to lose their way a little bit towards the end of that 10th over. And the 72 that they posted after 10 always looked to be vulnerable to a Sixers who could come out and just go for it. You've hit the nail on the head there by saying didn't know whether to stick or twist with those those scenarios where they had to almost win the two games inside the one match, you know, the, the 10 over battle to get that extra point and make sure they won with that. And I think they struggled with what to do because they needed to keep themselves in the game. I, I, I think the backflip was was quite crucial in that as well and it helped shape the Sixers game and also put the pressure on the Stars to instead of chasing that total and knowing what they've got to do throughout the whole game and bowling tight their usual plan they didn't know whether to stick or twist and hindsight's amazing which wouldn't have been good to see Maxwell open up with Stoinis and, and go for it and, and really see what they could do in that first 10 overs and see what they, see what they could get I think again they paid a price for having a, the top order quite slow Stoinis not particularly but Seb got choking today and it, it shows where they've, they've lacked all season apart from one game with um, Fletcher getting some runs. I, I think there's, there's there's plenty of issues for the Stars this season and, and this game in some ways sums up with a microcosm but I don't think they know what their game plan would be and what if they're best chasing or their best setting or how to contain. I, I think there's, there's a lots of questions to be asked and also the fact is that I think they've had the least amount of appearances by overseas. They've only got one there today so and I think they helped shape the side. They, they never got enough runs in that first 10 overs to, to really put pressure on the Sixers. The Melbourne Stars made 177 for six in their 20 overs. The Sydney Sixers currently going for it to try and uh, finish their league campaign. They're going to be top of the tree anyway because they picked up that boost point that takes them just above the purse scorchers. They're currently 125 for five towards the end of the uh, 15th over there need uh, 52 runs from the final 30 balls of this innings with Christian and Silk together at the crease but kind of it's a bit of an ex- exhibition now the final 10 overs of this league campaign don't really matter but Michael 56 games in the Big Bash League season and we've got through 55 and a half of them with every single ball counting haven't we really we've had no dead rubbers and it's only the last 10 overs of the league stage which is drifting away and I think the Big Bash League administrators will be really happy with the way that the season's gone that every game's mattered. Yeah, super excited, not least for the fact that the bash boost point was very telling in terms of the the makeup of the table at the end of the tournament. I mean, it's been talked about a lot during the course of the uh, round robin, but in terms of the makeup of the the final five, you've got two sides or three sides finishing at seven and seven, one at six and seven that might end up going on to win this game uh, with five overs to go and finish on 27 points. So one point outside the final five. So a very competitive league table no team you know winning more than nine games everyone's lost at least five the Melbourne Renegades now having won today have won at least four so even though the Renegades were off the pace they were able to play spoiler and the and the table looks pretty close across the whole tournament and one game really separating first from sixth we've talked about the big rivalry Michael between Sydney and Melbourne in Australia before on this podcast the Sydney Sixers are going to finish top of the pile the Sydney Thunder have played really nice cricket they're going to finish third so both of them very uh, handily placed as we 
we go into the, the playoff games, the two sides from Melbourne are going to finish 7th and 8th, Star 7th and Mel- Melbourne Renegades 8th in this campaign. The first time that neither side has actually made it through to the playoff stage of the Big Bash in the 10 years of the competition. In terms of that rivalry, you have to say Sydney have, uh, have won it and then some. The Melbourne Age Riders will have an absolute field day tomorrow. I wouldn't want to be part of either of the Melbourne Renegades or the Melbourne Stars retrospectives, but a few of those players are going to have to pick themselves up pretty quickly and get themselves ready for a potential T20 series against New Zealand in New Zealand. Although there is a little bit of form concern over some of those top order batsmen, I'll have to say, coming into that uh, T20 series over here in Kiwiland. Ollie, Melbourne Stars, obviously going to be very disappointed. They've never won the Big Bash. Ten years of campaigning now, still not got any uh, hands on that trophy. The big show, Glenn Maxwell, he's the, the major star in, in their setup. He played quite nicely, I thought, today, and but just didn't have anybody around him to really kind of put the hand up and, and keep him company for too long. As Michael said, I think um, that they'll be interesting to see what the, the reports are on the paper. I, I imagine that Maxwell will, will cop most of it for the recent form. So they went into the last five games and out of those games, Maxwell's got three ducks and some of his captain dismissals. Actually, when he has got in and batted, he's batted really well, but it's been a bit of feast or famine for him really because he's got, he's played some absolute wonderful knocks. And, and like I said earlier, people haven't stayed with him, but when he hasn't got runs, the team struggles hugely. They're so reliant on him and Stoinis. No one else has really got going at all. And their overseas haven't fired. Poran had one knock uh, of 60 and then nothing else of note before he went back. And they'll be very disappointed with Lecture. It'll be interesting what they do because they've signed up Stoinis for four years. So it looks like there is some longevity going at the Stars. They need to do something about that top order. Uh, they were disrupted by the Bearstow not being able to play for them. But there needs to be some changes. And also with their bowling attack, I think too often their quicker bowlers went around the park. Um, I think of occasion when Hatch has been quite good this season's come through, but he's gone around the park a couple of times, especially Billy Stanley's gone around there. And they really need to get Nathan Coulter now fit for next season as well. I start really thinking about that. Their overseas next year will be crucial because they need to get someone in big to fire consistently with Stoinis and Maxwell. You look through all of the big bash teams though, Michael, and there are the stars. I mean, obviously the Melbourne stars have got Maxwell, Zampa, Stoinis, but every team has got that their kind of showpiece players, haven't they? And everybody else kind of fits around them. The Renegades are a good example of that, where Aaron Finch, the captain and uh, and their opener, he's had a pretty moderate time of late, hasn't he? He didn't enjoy the IPL. He's not had a terrific big bash either. If somebody like him you know, has, has a good tournament, A, everybody else rubs off on them, but B, their own individual performances gain a few wins as well. So you, know, you can see why the Renegades have really struggled because their, their leading kind of man hasn't actually led from the front, has he? Yeah, his form is concerning. If you're an Australian white ball cricket fan, you'd be concerned about the form of our captain, A. Finch. He hasn't had a great tournament. I can't remember the last time he got past 20 in in either a game for Australia or in the IPL where I think he was dropped at one point uh, yeah, he did, he for Josh didn't play Felipe. All, yeah, he didn't play all the games of the IPL. He had a really, had a really ropey time there. Mm, and he's, you know, he's played up and down the order. He's opened, he's batted at four, hasn't really found his role. So there's you know, some question marks there over Aaron Finch, 34 years of age. And you'd think he's got an eye on the next T20 World Cup, but he's going to have to find some form in these T20s against New Zealand. That's for sure. Badges are furry creatures. 85% of women badges think bad grooming is a major turn-off. 80% of women badges think men should trim below the belt. 89% of men think good grooming is essential to the professional success. Don't just dismiss it out of hand. Get on there, manscaped.com. Check out their great range of male grooming accessories. 
hygiene, appearance, attractiveness, confidence. Simply go to manscaped.com, quote the discount code BADGER. You get 20% off, you get free shipping, and you get some seriously quality equipment. Manscaped.com, together we save balls. Sixers need 39 from 21 balls in the in the in the chase. It doesn't really matter anymore. But so that's the final game of the big bash. But we know the final five now, and the way the table stands, we see the uh, Sydney Sixers are going to be top of the pile. They're going to have at least 33 points. They may get 36, but they're going to finish first in the table. Perth Scorchers will be second. Sydney Thunder in third on 31. Brisbane Heat on 28 in fourth. Adelaide Strikers that weight it paid off because they found themselves into the final five. They finish on 28 points as well. And the three teams eliminated that we've got they have to say goodbye to the Hobart Hurricanes the Melbourne Stars and the Melbourne Renegades going into the playoffs then we have this rather convoluted uh, but actually when you get your head around it it's reasonably easy playoff situation it's the IPL plus one team effectively that first game the Perth Scorchers against the Sydney Sixers Ollie that's Goldust isn't it whoever wins that can sit down watch the rest of the tournament watch everybody else sweating and just lie in wait in the final you know that, this is what we've been talking about all the way through this big bash league Finishing first or second, crucial. Oh, massively. And actually, when, when, when looking into it, you see that finishing first does give that advantage because I don't think the Sixers would have wanted to go to Perth. So finishing top would give you that home advantage for that eliminated playoff game. That's why the Sixers were so desperate to get across that line and make sure that they didn't have to go all the way over to the, the West Coast and play the Scorchers, who are very, very good at home. In fact, they'll feel like they've got a home game at Canberra coming up and it'll be on their own terms. So I think they'll fancy that. It's quite interesting to see them in that game because obviously the Scorchers before today were on absolutely fantastic form. And if they do lose this to Sixers, that'll be three defeats in the road trip, even though they'd already qualified. But they're not going in with the best momentum going to it. And I still fancy the Scorchers to give them a really good game. Yeah, post Scorchers at home are, well, invincible is the wrong word because they can be beaten. But certainly they'd be uh, prefer to be playing at home in this one. But Perth have got a terrific record in this tournament, Michael. They've not had the best of, uh, well, the last two seasons have been disappointing pointing but they just seem to have kind of got back to winning ways they've had a terrific run to climb up the table to get themselves up into second as as we stand at the end of the league phase you can't count them out can you because they do have the pedigree they've got pedigree all over the park they've got a tremendous top order in Roy Livingston and, and Munro Inglis is an excellent excellent cricketer and getting better all the time Mitchell Marsh and, and Ashton Turner have represented Australia and then you have a look at their bowling attack Jai Richardson Jason Berendorf AJ Ty have all played for Australia and Farwood Ahmed a tremendous league spinner as well so they've got a lot of firepower the Perth Scorchers all up and down that lineup they've got match winners all over the park and I feel like if they're going to have to play multiple games in a final scenario you tend to favor the teams that have got more firepower in more places uh, that are able to win big games and you know you have to look at that Perth side and the Sydney Sixers uh, you might throw the Sydney Thunder in there as well as the three teams that have got the most firepower and the most superstars capable of winning you the big games yeah the Thunder are going to finish in third how many games they might have to play three games might they to actually win the big bash from third position but they've got Alex Hales Usman Khawaja Callum Ferguson at the uh, top of their order Ollie and that's proved very successful for them towards the, the latter stages of this league phase and if at least two of those three fire through the playoffs they're always going to be a, a major threat you know, they're, they're such a good side to watch because they've got class in that batting order and I do think they're a bit batting heavier than they are bowling but they always seem capable of setting a really good total or if they had to chase down almost anything they would bat themselves they, they bat so deep they've got Daniel Sanders got runs Ben Cutting has been in, in runs as well they have the ability to win from most situations 
conditions. It doesn't sweat them. So they are reliant on Alex Hales a little bit, but they've got enough in that other top order as well to get them across the line out of any situation. I really enjoy watching them. I think they're a good side to watch out of all the teams that's in it. They're probably the most interesting for me because who knows what happens to their batting. It, it just goes for it. Well, we're going to get a little bit of a rest after today's games and a chance to regroup. And then on Friday is the first of the playoff games, which sees the Heat taking on the strikers in the Eliminator game, fourth against fifth for the right to basically either continue in the playoffs or to go home. And Michael, your Brisbane Heat side, strikers are probably going to be the one side that people are going to take their eye off a little bit because with Rashid Khan going home, they have been a little bit inconsistent in the latter stages of the league campaign. Do you think the Heat will go into that with confidence? Yeah, I think they will go into it with a lot of confidence. They've got two of their big key guns batting really well. As we spoke about, a lot relies on Alex Carey uh, for the Adelaide side. If he doesn't get runs, typically they struggle. And I feel like, you know, Brisbane have the right tools, the right attributes to unlock their bowling attack to dismiss Adelaide for a low score. So I think it's going to be a cracking matchup. My heart says that I'd like Brisbane Heat to win, but my head says that Adelaide strikers are probably a slightly stronger side. But, you know, this is one of those things. It's knockout cricket and anything can happen in in, a tw- in 20 short overs. Is that how you see it, Ollie? Heat against the strikers? I mean, Rashid Khan, I mean, you talk about the Melbourne Stars and their overseas signings. I mean, Rashid Khan is one of the, the premier platinum overseas signings in any tournament around the world but to only have him for the first kind of half of the campaign before he went back off to Afghanistan got him off to a decent start but they would love to have him now wouldn't they and obviously that's a big miss for them it's a big miss but I don't think their performances have been too bad without him I think that, that someone's got to take on a responsibility of, of bowling those overs and being able to bowl it so tight I mean he's such a good bowler it's hard to replace them but someone's got to try to do that it's a re- it's an interesting game actually I actually quite fancy the heat for that uh, and I think it'll be interesting to see which which way it goes. I, I think they are a really good unit, though Adelaide, aren't they? Sort of they? And they've enjoyed having people like Travis Head come back into the into the fold. A bit similar to how um, the Heat have had Labuschagne come back in, and and he's bowling well. So he's come back in almost like an extra dimension to his game that they didn't have before in, in their order. So really looking forward to it. Yeah, Labuschagne, Michael, has been uh, been terrific. He's not just come back in and scored runs, but with his leggies, he's been taking two or three wickets in every game and they've effectively got an all-rounder there. A really underrated bowler, Manus Labuschagne. Uh, he turns the ball a lot. He's not afraid to throw the ball up there and try and attack the batsman to take wicket-taking deliveries. He's going to bowl the old long hop, but you get that with a part-time leg spinner. But I, I actually think that he's slightly better than part-time, particularly in short-form cricket. Uh, you could give him a few overs in the middle there to try and buy a, buy a key wicket or break a partnership and... I think as he goes on, he, he's probably not going to get the 200 test wickets that he keeps claiming that he's going to get. But I, <laughs> I think he's probably a little bit better than uh, than he gets yeah. credit for with his uh, leg spin. It's a brand new year and it's time to get your finances in order. Is your mortgage deal ending in the next six months? It's time to use bluecrocodile.co.uk to snap up a new deal. Blue Crocodile will search the market to get you the cheapest possible deal. The people to visit for the best mortgages for you. Bluecrocodile.co.uk we tried our predictions uh, for a few games out in the league and I think the first two that we put up we got wrong but let's try and get through these playoffs and we'll see who we think is going to win this big bash two different people on these predictions we might be more successful today but that first game Heat against the Strikers on Friday I'm going to start with you Ollie who wins that game? I'm going to go the Heat just because they got the match winning uh, they got the firepower of Lynn and Labashane come back into the side although I do think there may be too many players in their team with Labertain in there as well who bat at that sort of pace at that runway so they might have too many of the same but I still think they'll get enough runs to to beat them 
Uh, Michael, our Heat fun rep, which one are you going to pick? Oh, my heart tells me that I have to go with my Heat. My my head tells me strikers, but what kind of fan would I be if I didn't back my home team to win the first game of the final series? So I have to go with the Heat, even though my head's telling me that the Adelaide strikers are a slightly <laughs> stronger side. So Heat it is. That is sees the uh, Brisbane Heat through on Friday. Then we go to uh, Saturday's game, the Sixers against the Scorchers, the first against second for the right to go straight through to the final. Start with you, Michael, for that one, Sixers against Scorchers, which one? I don't know what the Sixers are doing in this game against the Stars, but they've looked a little bit unconvincing for mine. Maybe they're trying something, you know, they didn't bowl Dan Christian today. Maybe they're just getting their combinations right for the finals, but I actually like Perth Scorchers in that game uh, to go straight through to the big dance. Ollie? Yeah, I actually think Perth, even though um, it pains me to agree with you, James, well, the team you're supporting in this, I actually agree with um, what Michael said there. Uh, also, I think the injury to Steve O'Keefe's not known, so I'm not sure if he's going to play. Obviously, he picked up his calf injury in this game and managed to get through his overs, but it'll be interesting to see if he if he goes in the next game uh, and how long they've got in between. And the Sixers are on good form. They're, like They're doing enough to get through it. And I say do enough. They've won the group and they've won the, the round robin. They seem to be trying things that aren't necessarily working. Like today, they put Carlos Brathwaite up the order a bit earlier. You know, I'm just not sure if they know what their best lineup is and how best to go about things at the moment. Sixers need 10 off the final six balls to uh, beat the Melbourne Stars in that final game in the Big Bash League. So that takes the Scorchers through to the final, then in our in our kind of like predictions playoff race. Um, the Thunder then take on the winner of the Eliminator, which we had down as the Brisbane Heat. Michael, your Heat boys taking on the Sydney Thunder. Oh, I think Sydney Thunder are too strong in that matchup. As much as, as I, I have to back the Heat in that first one, I feel like the Thunder are just going to be way too strong for Brisbane in that uh, in that final. And I think they'll book, book a, a, an all-Sydney qualifying final. Ollie. Yeah, it's, it's boy. I, I agree with Michael there that there is that X factor about the Heat with the batting order and Chris Lynn but I think if they've got through that he may have had that cup final game that's got them through or have some sort of say in that even though I don't think the Thunder have got the best bowling attack they really have got a good strong batting line so I, I really fancy it. but it'd be a good matchup against that Heat bowling one but I think the Thunder would just edge that Well that means that the Thunder carry on in the competition and they take on then the loser of that uh, first against second game which we had down as the Sydney Sixers we've got a Sydney Derby in the semi-finals Thunder against the Sixers the right to pay the Scorchers in the final Thunder or Sixers Michael well they've split the previous two meetings the Thunder and the Sixers but if you remember a couple of days back the Sydney Thunder put 232 on the Sydney Sixers in Adelaide I feel like the Thunder have got the wood on that Sixers side ever so slightly and if they end up in a in a Sydney derby to get into the big dance I just feel like Shane Bond's coaching uh, the way that that team is set up I feel like they've got a really really good chance to upend the Sixers who will probably go in as slight favourites in that game so if if it does end up being an all Sydney playoff for to go into the final, I I slightly fancy the Thunder. I think Thunder for you, Ollie. It, it's so tight. I, I actually I would like to I'd like to say the Thunder, but I just think there's so much experience and the Sixers won it last year. They got across the line. I, I like the way Brathwaite's in the team. Any team with Dan Christian is going to be competitive and, and good in any latter stage of anything like he's like he's been today. Just for a change up, I, I think. Probably the uh, Sixers, but as Michael said, that defeat early, like a few days ago, to get two three two against them. I mean, that's some hitting, and that's got to be in the back of your mind a little bit when you're playing against them. Yeah, you're going to go Sixers. Michael's gone the Thunder. That means I have for the first time in these playoffs the deciding vote. I'm going to go the Thunder. I just think the way their top order is batting at the moment, they're going to come into that game with uh, heaps and heaps of confidence. Sixers look as if they're going to get home in this game against the uh, Stars. Need two off the final two balls. Big six off the first ball from Dan Christian, who's forty five 
25 of 22. But uh, the Sixers, um, I think, may fall foul of the Thunder in that one, which would see the Thunder taking on the Perth Scorchers in the final of the competition. Let's not call that just yet. Let's watch the final two balls <laughs> of this final league game. Two off two required. Christian on strike. He's 45 off 22. Glenn Maxwell and Billy Stanley having a big chat at the end of the uh, bowler's run here. Glenn Maxwell taking it seriously, despite the fact that his team are done and dusted. This could be the final ball of the Big Bash League campaign. Christian's on strike. Gets a top edge. That's gone high. It's gone down over the keeper. Bounces away for four. So the Sydney Sixers have won the final league game by five wickets they go atop as we already knew of the Big Bash League and it's farewell to the Melbourne Stars so we've gone through the three games today we've gone through our predictions all the way through to a Scorchers against Thunder final that's the same final that we actually predicted a few days ago on the uh, Big Bash dailies so maybe that is uh, well two groups of uh, fan badges agree on the same thing Thunder against Scorchers in the final it's been a terrific Big Bash League. The fireworks go off. We know our last five, and we know that we're going to be back every single day all the way through to the final on February the 6th. Ollie and Michael, thank you very much for joining me today. Thank God for James. It's always a pleasure to be on with Michael. Oh, it's a pleasure. I'm instantly regretting picking against Dan Christian in the Sixers now, but uh, my, my vote is cast, and it's out there in the uh, on the internet, and I can't get it back. So uh, come on, come on, Heat. Come on, Thunder. I'll tell you what, we've, we've seen a terrific Big Bash League campaign, um, and now we're down to the final five, the playoffs when it really matters all the way through to that BBL trophy. Thanks to bluecrocodile.co.uk for the continued support of these BBL 10 daily podcasts. Give uh, at cricket underscore budget a follow on Twitter and uh, like, subscribe and leave a nice comment if you can. I've been James the Cricket Badger. See you again tomorrow. Big Bash 10. Thanks for listening. We'll bring you another edition of the Cricket Badger Big Bash Daily Podcast in association with bluecrocodile.co.uk tomorrow. See you then. Sports Social Podcast Network.